You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is the week of Wednesday, September 13th, and we are back. How was your summer, dear listener? I have it on good authority that most members of the pod squad spent their time wasting away in Margaritaville. Ah, if only. There's lots going on in IT services. Friday is the deadline for the Staff at Work survey. This is an annual survey that asks you about your experience as an IT services and UC San Diego employee. Our department leaders use results to shape our future and implement improvements. The more data they have to work with, the better. So head to thecurrent.ucsd.edu for more information and to get that survey done. And next Wednesday at 11.30 a.m., we're back with our Tech Talk series. You'll hear from Alex Wu on our application development environment. And now, on to our interview. Let's get to know our new AI expert, Jack Brzezinski. This is Mark Herzberger, Communications Manager in IT Services. Today, I'm joined by Jack Brzezinski, our new Senior AI Architect. Jack, welcome to the pod. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about all things AI, including your new role. And uh, as luck would have it, I seem to be losing my voice, so I reserve the right to splice in the AI-generated version of my voice later. But uh, mm -hmm. as we begin here, let's just try to level set. What is your definition of artificial intelligence? Well, so uh, welcome. Uh, I think that uh, you know it has been evolving. Uh, so uh, essentially, there were always two camps in, in artificial intelligence that that believed that they are they are they have the correct answer, right? So, so it was a, it was a neat camp, and there was a, a scrappy camp, you know, in AI, right? So neat versus scrappy. So at the beginning, I was definitely in the in the neat uh, camp, and that camp basically considered artificial intelligence uh, as something that was a collection of well-formed rules or logical systems, if you will, where everything can be kind of looked under the hood and analyzed, and it's going to be, you know, a system that is not going to have internal contradictions, and and maybe there was a little bit of you know 2001, this space odyssey, and in, in me, you know, at that time, you know. When and you remember that, you know the the you know the cornerstone of that movie was that the Hall 9000 computer was this kind of like artificial intelligence wonder. But then in the next movie, they uh, they explained that you know it was programmed with an internal contradiction in it, and that's why it w went crazy, right? And it started doing uh, really, uh, really bad things to the to the crew of the spaceship. So probably there was something in me, you know, about that, you know, uh, which basically kind of made me think, hey, you know, so yeah, those rules have to be there, right? And maybe we will be able to put together enough logic in that in the system so that it's going to capture the whole life, and uh, it will be able to answer all the questions and uh, and you know we will have a system that will remove contradictions that can uh, elegantly handle things like for example all birds can fly you know but there is an ostrich and the ostrich cannot fly and we will have a system for that and it will not break down and the system is not gonna you know show a blue screen or anything like that or do something like how 9000 did to, to, to the crew of the spaceship 
Right, but then you know, uh, I started. You know, when when I started doing research in AI, and my my field was uh, you know, modeling of high dimensional data sets. A lot of work that I did was in the Scrafi uh, area, which was uh, artificial neural networks. Um, definitely something that is uh, not uh, easy to look under the hood. It's not exactly, you know, that you know how those weights actually constitute the solution. Uh, you only care that uh, the neural network is producing uh, pretty good results and uh, you can train it and then you can evaluate the uh, the answers so you can kind of interrogate the system uh, on the test set and see what the performance is but it's not like you know what's going on right so it's kind of like a total contradiction so i think over the years i there was there was like ai summers and ai winters and you know uh, times of enthusiasm and i think that those two camps were kind of in an internal struggle but it looks like today, uh, with the large language models and ChatGPT and everything else that is happening, I think that the the Scrafi camp definitely is in the is is winning uh, today. I have uh, I have shelves of books that discuss uh, logical language models and uh, natural language processing. You know, done you know uh, you know with uh, you know predicate calculus and, and and abnormal logic and things that. The giants of of AI proposed, like uh, John McCarthy, you know, like non-monotonic logic, but it, it never became, you know, mainstream. It never was something that people, you know, could, you know, go to open a browser window, ask questions, and get pretty pretty good answers. So I think, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, neural networks, uh, you know, pre-trained uh, transformers, and all that stuff, is, uh, is something that is uh, now the definition of AI. Probably. Okay. How did you get into AI and what kind of education and training have you received? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I think it started when I first got my first uh, computer from my parents and uh, I immediately started thinking how to make it work so that it's going to talk to me like C3PO or something like that. So, you know, I, I would have a problem and it will uh, answer you know, uh, you know, with with some sort of a, you know, maybe uh, maybe metallic voice, right? Maybe not exactly, you know, Shakespearean English, but something that is going to be, you know, uh, looking like like an artificial intelligence system. So I started getting all the books and learning programming, and uh, got my hands on the assembly language textbooks and and uh, machine code and all that stuff, and learned, you know, the basics of of uh, C and uh, basic and Fortran. So I think that was the starting point. So then you know, when I was uh, in, uh, you know, when I was a student and doing my uh, master's in uh, structural engineering, I was, uh, that was my first degree that I got, you know, the professor, one day professor came to me, uh, one of the professors and uh, told me, hey, Jack, you know, we're going to write a book about AI together. So started uh, publishing papers and, and, and textbooks and, uh, and chapters on various aspects uh, of uh, applications that will be centering on uh, construction uh, processes, uh, designing structures, uh, so uh, already at that time, there was a good understanding that, you know, there's going to be some sort of a hybridization between um, uh, expert systems, which is kind of like a logical based, logical based system and, uh, and neural networks, uh, which, uh, which kind of give you that, that predictive component. So, so yeah, so then, um, 
and uh, I, I had uh, great uh, mentors that kind of steered my direction towards machine learning. And uh, I ended up being uh, accepted at the PhD program at DePaul University, where I focused on, on uh, machine learning and high dimensional data sets and, and optimizing uh, uh, machine learning algorithms for actually taking something that we take from for granted today, which is, you know, very wide, very high dimensional data sets and trying to uh, apply uh, those systems to things like uh, question answering, like intelligent qu uh, question answering or, or classification problems or uh, natural language disambiguation, um, also machine translation. So those were the things that uh, I were uh, I was looking at and again, you know, kept publishing uh, papers and so on. What are some of the career highlights or jobs you've had in the AI field? Well, it's hard to say because everything was kind of always exciting and uh, there was always something new uh, because the, the field was evolving. Uh, I remember, you know, the the time when uh, deep learning kind of become, uh, became uh, mainstream, you know, and people started talking about uh, transformer architectures, right? So maybe that was not my highlight. Uh, you know, you know, I did not write those papers, although I had some of the stuff that kind of, you know, already laid out, but I never thought that this was kind of worth, uh, you know, anything, you know, I was, I was just kind of too busy applying maybe uh, those those things. So the, the concept of an embedding, you know, was kind of an ex exciting thing for me. Uh, you know, the, which which was kind of like an extension of Markov model. So, so I think you know some of some of my highlights I can certainly center about around the the research that, that I was uh, implementing uh, as uh, as a scientist and also uh, working in the industry and trying to uh, you know build systems around those uh, very new concepts. So I would say, uh, yeah, I, I could say those those were my highlights. Uh, definitely, the research I enjoyed tremendously. Uh, like I said, you know, I was always in a, in a great environment academically, uh, where uh, there was uh, great collaboration between people who, who were kind of steering my career and knew a lot more and, and, than I did. Uh, I was able to venture into other areas like uh, statistical mechanics, for example, uh, uh, and uh, do some work in uh, uh, physical chemistry, uh, state transitions, you know, and all that, uh, all that stuff that can be modeled with uh, uh, AI uh, systems. And uh, yeah, so uh, another thing that uh, was maybe a highlight was kind of the realization that, you know, enterprise systems are kind of fundamentally like different from from research platforms, right? So, you know, it's 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 one thing to have something that is cutting edge and, and make it work and write a paper about uh, something new, uh, but also uh, there's this other world where you have to make something that is going to be reliable, that you have to think about who's going to be running the system, you know, what's going to be the platform, what's going to be the cost of actually proposing a solution that 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 you thought would be, you know, really great from the research point of view, but may not be appropriate for an enterprise system. Mm -hmm. So so that's another highlight of my career where I started applying AI in kind of uh, in larger organizations. You know, so so yeah, I mean that's you know that there's there's a few a few things that I that I liked quite a bit. Have you mostly worked in like industry roles or more like academic roles for, for your career so far? I think yeah, I would I would say you know maybe you know uh, 
I think now, uh, you know, you would say that I was more in the industry, although uh, probably, you know, I spent decades in, in, the, in the academia, but also uh, I was uh, I was always connected with, with the academia. So I always, you know, maybe I was not, not teaching full time. I, I used to be a tenured professor, but uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, even if I was not, you know, I, maybe I was making uh, guests, uh, guest lectures, you know, presentations, maybe I was... Uh, uh, working with with PhD students, you know, as a as a as an industry expert, uh, kind of tr trying to 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 help uh, you know their research agendas. So yeah, I think that I was always connected, you know, and uh, one way or another, you 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 in this field in AI, mm -hmm. you have to read research, right? You have right. to kind of look at the conferences that uh, you know are maybe largely driven by the academics uh, community uh, so so yeah it's it's kind of hard to differentiate differentiate between the academia and in ai because perhaps there are uh, other more established fields that are maybe moving a little slower that 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 don't need this immediate connection but i feel like in ai machine learning you, you need to have that connection okay and as we are you know, having this conversation in uh, September 2023, what are you seeing in the higher ed landscape about, you know, how are universities approaching artificial intelligence or how are they reacting to new programs like the chat GPT and, and just what are you seeing out there as far as AI and higher ed? Well, that's, that's interesting. So, um, uh, I, I think that you know we can we can divide this discussion into several areas. So, so one is research. Right? I, I think that there is um, you know some people might say that there is areas in, in research where there was stagnation over the recent decades. Mm -hmm. uh, that perhaps you know there was you know maybe in physics or maybe in chemistry or maybe in biology we weren't moving as fast as we accepted uh, we, we expected. So perhaps there is some winters uh, in, in those fields and and perhaps AI is going to be the catalyst for for changing that. So for example, I could see you know a, a generative AI applied to, to to research analytics you know looking at all those papers that perhaps have those answers it's just that they are not connected that that was exactly what i was doing when when, when i was brought in 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 areas where i was not an expert but i i was coming with with a tool set that was applicable to to those problems that uh, you know perhaps uh, was was new right so perhaps something like that can happen right like we, we can have a boost in research because there is going to be generative ai that is going to look at uh, existing papers maybe from google scholar somebody's going to create a model a generative model of google scholar and take those um, you know those answers and boost you know uh, the current research. So I, I I very much hope so that this is going to be the case. Um, now in the in the uh, academic uh, world, you know, in terms of uh, education, uh, everybody is thinking, hey, you know, is is AI going to be uh, replace replacing uh, you know human teachers? Mm -hmm. uh, is, is that a good idea? Is that something that we could uh, we could uh, think about, uh, or is that going to be some sort of a hybrid model where? You know, uh, you know, AI is going to be uh, maybe assisting uh, professors. Maybe it will be uh, kind of doing some sort of a more mundane things, like mm -hmm. uh, putting together, uh, you know, lesson plans or or or, or summaries or, or something, which is already going on at uh, um, you know this university here. Um, but you know, a lot of people are thinking about that, and uh, probably there is some 
um, some strong cases that we can make that yes, I mean, the, the unique capability to absorb patterns of behavior and patterns of, you know, the, the whole human telemetry, you know, and take take that telemetry uh, from, from a student that might be uh, struggling uh, with, with an area, or maybe the student that wants to take, get to the next level, right? And, and apply those patterns uh, to customize uh, materials, customize uh, pedag pedagogy, you know, maybe uh, make it uh, more accessible to, to, to a lot of communities that might be uh, underrepresented, you know, in, in the academic world. Well, perhaps that's that's all good ideas. Uh, so, so I think there's, there's a tremendous uh, possibilities uh, there. Right, and and then uh, you know the 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 issue of, of education as a, as as a kind of uh, maybe more general generally, right? I mean, uh, what is uh, what is supposed to be uh, the the curricula that students uh, should be you know taking right now or, or enrolling into, uh, so that their careers are going to be benefited the most. I mean, everything is moving so quickly, and perhaps this is kind of like a feedback loop here because maybe generative AI is going to change so much about the future jobs and future uh, ca career uh, perspectives and opportunities that perhaps students need to rethink. You know uh, what, what? What kind of degree programs are actually appropriate for their uh, future uh, aspirations and careers? And perhaps this will be uh, something that AI can do for that for us because maybe it can create those hyper customized not only answers to individual questions but hyper customized curricula that will uh, provide uh, comprehensive answers to to your life question like what what am i supposed to do in my life so so yeah i can see this as a, as a huge huge opportunity where was that 20 years ago when i was younger <laughs> yeah. yeah look as long as ai doesn't replace uh the podcast hosting i'm i'm kind of indifferent about where it goes just kidding. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's that's something that that you know, one of my first big publications was uh, in the area of uh, you know, basically uh, AI and, and modeling of, of feelings, you know, uh, modeling of uh, you know, um, affective AI, basically affective AI modeling, right? And turns out that even you know, a long time ago, this was a relatively simple thing to do because. Uh, uh, I did some work in, in, in video gaming as well. And uh, there, is, there is very clearly research that shows that people actually uh, related to a few pixels on the screen. You know, if you were playing Super Mario or maybe even Pac-Man, you know, you actually had uh, some strong feelings about those little characters that had absolutely no AI in them. They had just a little bit of personality to them that were conveyed by, by, by a very low resolution uh, image that you were getting and some very simple music. So, uh, so I think that, uh, you know, people were always think were thinking that you know AI doesn't have really true feeling, and that might be the case. You know, doesn't have true emotions, but uh, the very opposite is also true. That it, it is uh, relatively easy to model those and create uh, create something that is going to be very appealing, even though it you no know, under, underneath it just uh, there's no soul, right? There's just the microprocessors and mm -hmm. the cloud computing centers. So, so I, I don't know where this is going to be going, but I think there is also Conversely, uh, you know, converse, the converse, uh, you know, the opposite view is also true that, you know, perhaps a human personality is going to be something that is going to actually be more, more valuable to people because they will know, okay, this is a true person talking to me versus, you know, very clever, very affectionate AI. It, it may not be the same. So you know, we will see how this will play out.
What is one thing you would want the staff here in ITS to know and understand about artificial intelligence? Well, well, everything is moving very quickly. So I think uh, from 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 what I know so far, I think there is a very good understanding of of the underlying technologies, right? And uh, there is, uh, you know, not not sure if I can I, I can deliver any news in, in, in that area, except that I I think that uh, from my experience, there was always this this knowledge component that was very difficult uh, to to transfer to to artificial intelligence, right? So there's this knowledge elicitation. I think there is always going to be the need for uh, for this uh, opportunity that the, a person makes. Uh, the, the algorithm better in, in one way or another, right? And then if that happens, you know, then we can transfer, uh, you know, uh, the task, you know, into a different uh, different level so that a mundane task can be um, kind of more uh, entertaining to actually work with, right? I mean, the, the, the idea that you can talk to your data set to get results, right? Rather than spending time trying to figure out maybe Excel macros or, or something like that, I think I think that's a great opportunity, and maybe this this paradigm shift will empower a lot of people to kind of change their jobs and not not only into kind of more productive ones, because you know you will be able to communicate it with your own language to to a predictive model, talk to it, and or maybe talk to to your table in your in your Excel and kind of get something out of it. But you know, it, it's 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 going to be a paradigm shift where this is going to be actually fun. Maybe that hey, you know, I I'm talking to a an AI system and I'm looking at the results that are generative, that are emergent, right? So like something that I was not exactly thinking about is possible. Perhaps this is going to be actually uh, increase the enjoyment of, of of a lot of different uh, tasks. That's kind yeah. of my my sincere hope. Sincere hope. You've been in your role with us about a month or so, maybe, you know, we'll call it maybe six weeks even by the time this airs. What is the what is the roadmap or the game plan of, of what you're here to do and accomplish for IT services? Well, I, I think that we will be building uh, the infrastructure uh, that is uh, utilizing generative AI. Uh, the, the strategic goal is very, uh, very clear that the, uni that the university is uh, going to be a, uh, a leader, a national leader, if not beyond, mm -hmm. in, in terms of uh, generative AI applications. And I think that's uh, one of the most exciting things I can think of, uh, you know, uh, as a as an AI architect, you know, to be in that kind of environment. Uh, I, so, so we we will be building the infrastructure that that supports uh, large language models and kind of make them better and make them more flexible in terms of uh, how do we apply them. And uh, this will probably create uh, new opportunities for. Uh, the interactive side, the user experience, user interfaces, it will create a lot of opportunities for uh, for people that are on the technical side, where new art architectures will be created. Something that you know over the past in the past was uh, maybe not realized fully. This this machine to machine intelligence, where. Uh, you know, uh, yes, there was a concept of, of cloud computing. Yes, there was a concept of, of, of multi-agent systems, but it never, never really kind of became, you know, a uh, reality. Now we have uh, a, an opportunity uh, that uh, 
given a lot of proprietary, da proprietary data that is available at uh, UCSD, uh, we can apply large language models to a lot of different areas. And maybe it's not just going to be one model, maybe it's going to be a, a cloud of models or a, a collection of models where they can actually communicate. And uh, before you uh, receive your final answer to your prompt, uh, the, the underlying pipeline involves uh, uh, a collaboration, planning process decomposition that was also completed by those large language models, generative AI that looked at you know, how do we best answer your question, right? So I, I can see this uh, to be a tremendously exciting and revolutionary in, in so many areas. Maybe last question, you know, how did you arrive at this opportunity with UC San Diego or how did how did you get recruited here? And why did you, uh, why did you take this role at this period in your life? Well, I, I think that uh, this this kind of was accidental a little bit. I I, uh, I knew Vince Callen from a long time ago, and we kind of kept in touch. And you know, from time to time, uh, I was publishing something that probably he he saw, and uh, I also kept track of of his uh, significant publication records. And I think, you know, from time to time, we exchanged messages, and um, you know, and one day we started talking a little bit more, and that's kind of how it um, got started. So. So yeah, I think that uh, it was, uh, yeah, I, I think it was probably because of our academic and, and industry backgrounds so that, that we kind of got uh, got connected and talk, uh, talk about maybe specific things that are happening here. Okay, very good. We appreciate you joining us here on the current podcast. And uh, will you come back in a few months and uh, update us maybe uh, early early next year or something? Absolutely. I think there is going to be a lot of things that we can talk about. Yes. All right. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you once again, Dr. Jack. Thank you so much. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily. <laughs>